off the ball. He is desperate to beat Shearer's record. There's no doubt about that. If he does beat Shearer's record, that record may last forever. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball. In partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 24 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and just Paddy Andrews joining me this week. <laughs> Jimmy's in Vegas, Paddy. We've lost him. We've lost him to the casinos already. Yeah. <laughs> I got tagged. I got tagged. I don't know what way he did it. I, I got tagged in an Instagram post, but it appeared on my Facebook. And when I looked at it in the morning when I woke up, it had disappeared. Ah, Jimmy. Never post when you've had 20 gargles like that's the thing. Who would you say is in... It's Monday night we're recording here. Who would you say is in worse condition right now? Jack Grealish or James O'Donoghue? I'd say it's very similar. That's such a good say, Yeah. I'd say Grealish is still in the Man City kit. I've seen some pictures of Grealish. He's looking worse for wear. But I... I wouldn't imagine Jimmy. I'm what? Day three in Vegas. I'd say he's not far behind them. 100%. We thought we might get him for 20 minutes to talk Talented Cup tonight, but... Uh, He's otherwise engaged. We'll have to get back to him next week. His, I can confirm his GA Go is working in the States. Ah, well, he just, his brain wasn't working. That was the only problem. GA Go, what a platform. Yeah. What a platform. Exactly. So look, we left James off, but we actually did, uh, smartly enough, we caught up with James on Thursday and we recorded 45 <laughs> minutes to, to preview the final round of the All-Ireland Round Robin series. And Paddy, we said we'd hop on this morning this afternoon and have a look at the Tatch and Cup and the fallout from the draw. So we're going to get to that in a couple of minutes. Yep. Might have a little mention for the minor quarterfinals. I kept an eye on them over the weekend, some big results. But we might just start with the hurling. And <sighs> I happened to be at the Munster final. I've seen that. That's why we're starting. Sun-kissed. Sun-kissed. So, Tommy really yeah, there. got a, a right farmer's Ooh, tan. You can see the line is. there. So. You're behind the goal. You're behind the Clare goal. The goal Clare was shooting to in the second half. The Ennis Road yes. end, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the Clare End Terrace, got the tickets through the club in Cratlow. So Basked in sunshine. Basked in sunshine. Yeah, we myself and Chief got in early. We wanted to we wanted to lean on one of the one of the terraces. Yeah, you know, fair, so fair, you, fair. You need to get a good spot. And Paddy Casey was playing. Was he? Yeah, ah, Paddy Casey okay. was on the pitch before and Sharon Shannon, Clare Legend and uh Monday was playing as well. So Class, you know, we geez. thought we'd get in early. What a, yeah, what a cool. day out like. And where, yeah. where was the crowd? Well, if you were in the stadium earlier, like the Gaelic crowds, it's kind of close to the city, obviously, in Limerick. Yeah. Where does where did the crowd gather before that? It's not like Turles, where there's the square, obviously. And Yeah. Well, I, I think there was a massive Clare crowd who would have parked in the Green Hills. And I know Michael McCarthy, off-the-ball producer, who would have real strong Clare roots, parked there. And there was a massive crowd there. We parked over by LIT on the old Cratlow Road. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and kind of walked in from there. So, you know, there was a big group, but like, there was tailbacks from Bunratty yeah. from I'd say I'd say eleven o'clock in the morning, like so. It was a great great place to have it. It definitely felt like you were in uh, the cauldron, you know, the Limerick cauldron. You know, it and, looked uh, like we said this with, with a couple of the Munster Championship games. It just it looked class on telly again. Yeah. I mean, it was on before the Leinster hurling final. There was twenty four thousand people in Croker. Another brilliant match, but just visually, obviously, it does not look as good. But uh, looking at it. I was jealous, Tommy, I have to say. I seen you in the sunshine. Uh, an unbelievable game again. Uh, Limerick, just about. Do it again, don't they? Great. Yeah, great game. And, do you know, I was talking to a few people today about it in and around the club. And uh, I, I actually had a question for you. Just that ability to win. So, like, 
when you're looking at the Limerick lads, and I think on balance, and obviously Limerick win, Clare actually had the chances to win that game oh, yeah, twice over. Oh yeah, they did. They their, did. their efficiency was maybe 48% or something like that. Limerick around to 72%. But when winning's a habit, Paddy, and you boys had it in Dublin, that air invincibility about you, what is it in that second half or in those moments where there were so many times where the, the Limerick defenders are desperately chasing down the, the Clare attackers or just about getting the block on her, Nicky Quaid stopping the ball going over the bar, and it just feels like this accumulation of inches going their way. What's that feeling like when you're when you're holding on to a record or you're trying to stay in front? Yeah, I suppose Limerick probably haven't been at their best throughout the, the group stage in Munster Championship where Clare beat them only a month ago. But when it's a big championship match and it's like like it's a, it's a final. I think it's 12 finals they've won in a row. I think that was Anthony, Anthony really? Davis in the Sunday game. But see, when the pressure comes on most and even in the first half I was looking going Limerick weren't great again and they've kind of been plodding along in, in different stages of games. But when it was on the line the second half I think their intensity went way up. You could see the tackles, the turnovers, even just little things like without even Kylie shouting from the sideline and we, we would have like this ourselves with our own Dublin team the players just take control of what's needed it's like where are we in this game and this kind of game management it sounds really boring and shitty but it's so important and you can see even Liverpool got two points up Clare missed a couple of opportunities then they just basically drop everyone back and just go these guys understanding okay there's what 60 seconds left these guys need a goal so even just and they were all in sync every one of the players knew everyone just dropped back they lose all their attack and shape they didn't need it just as a team, understanding exactly where you are in a match and exactly what's required, that only comes with experience. And you can see it, even though Limerick, again, probably weren't at their best. If there's one thing getting close to them, and in these big games, and now they're into a semi-final and you find them to be in a final the way that the Hurling Championship is structured, beating them is another thing, another kettle of fish altogether. You know, Limerick, or Clare beat them, obviously, in a kind of knock-round robin side of things. We're beating them in an all Ireland semi final or an all Ireland final. They just seem to the players just know exactly what's required. And that's even without Hannah went off injured, be big leader, they're missing Keen Lynch, all this stuff. But if they do, I have to say, I said this before, they, they mm. do remind me a lot of of our team. Just certain games they, they win and how they go about things. The kind of media reaction around them, they're probably, <laughs> yeah, they get a lot of stick and I'm going, I, I've seen that before. Um, but yesterday was just. It's so tight to hurl the championship, but they are just grinding out the results. And you, you'd yeah. be hard to bet against them for the whole thing now. But it was just yeah. a, we hurling in football championships and we try, try not to compare them. But yesterday, the Leinster final as well, although it doesn't look as good a spectacle, what a finish in that game as well. Oh, man. They're having some run of it, the hurlers, yet again. I'll give them credit. And our football championship has been totally shit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's coming, it's though, coming, buddy. It's coming. Yeah, when it comes, it's coming. when it comes, it's got to be spectacular. <laughs> and we are going to shout about it. Oh, man. But, uh, <laughs> Todd Bowley. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. But it is telling, like, Fintan O'Toole of the 42 tweeted that Limerick hurlers have played eight championship games uh, in the last year. They've won six of them by a margin of one to three points. And yeah. the other two games were a draw and a one point loss to Clare. So look at you wouldn't bet against Clare and Limerick possibly meeting again a little I think later so. in the well, that could Kilkenny, happen. That could happen. Down to but you know what that, that reminds me Clare Kilkenny will be tough. We won a lot of all Ireland finals with Dublin. Goes there. By, with Dublin by a point. We bet Mayo yeah. and we, we drew games we probably shouldn't have drawn and we got out of jail yeah. sometimes. And that's what I'm saying, this Limerick team, it's like when the pressure is greatest, and this is an unbelievable trait to have in a team, the players just take ownership of it. 
and and that's not to disrespect John Coyley. John Coyley has created an environment where that happens, and that's that's the best way to have it. You don't you don't really want a manager to be guys looking over the sideline in injury time, going, "What are we meant to do here?" And Coyley and the whole Canark and all these guys involved that Limerick team. The players, when the pressure's greatest, they take ownership of it. And it's incredible to watch. And it's, I, th- I, I would say we had something very similar. We, we knew what to do when the pressure was greatest. And it's not a co- maybe winning one match by a point. You could say, yeah, yeah there's a bit of luck or there's coincidence. And obviously, there was a refereeing decision at the end. Winning a lot, yeah. winning a lot of them, that's not luck. That's No, and it was telling as well. You mentioned Hannon going off injured. Yeah. Keane Lynch having his issues this year with injury. The fellas that actually played some of the winning moments were Colin O'Neill off the bench at two points, yeah. David Reedy who hit three points, Colin Coughlin came off at wing, came on at wing back, Adam English scored a point. Yeah. Do you know lads? Even just lads who are possibly a little bit outside on the periphery of the panel, but came in and did the job. So look, just wanted the final question I had on that is when you're in that second half, and maybe it's not an easy question to answer. Is it desperation to cling on to that record, or is it just an air of invincibility that we are not going to be beaten today? Uh, Pride. Okay. You don't want to, you know, you don't acknowledge it outside of the camp, but you know you have something special. And like people are talking about Dublin now in the last year or two when they lost to Mayo, obviously in that semi final in 2021. Once once you lose it, it can take years to build up an aura and a sense of invincibility. And it can go very quickly. It goes a hell of a lot quicker than it takes for you to get it. Um, so there is that, and I, there was, like I said, there was times with our team, it was like, it's all on the line here, we're not giving it up. So, so I think it's a kind of pride in, in their players' performances, they're obviously very tight as a group, loads of different things go into it, um, and I, I'd have massive time for that Limerick team, just seeing how they operate and what they do, it, it does remind me a lot of some of the stuff that, that we would yeah. have been big on as a team as well. Um but I'd say, yeah, I remember being in the shit and it's like, we can't lose this. We have to, whatever it takes, we gotta, we got to make this work. Because we didn't play well in a lot of big games, but we, uh, by hook or by crook, we were going to win the game, you know? Find a way to do it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. That's the, All right. that's the hurling pod for this week, is it? That is this week's hurling pod. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, lads have all switched off. I know. Fuck all about hurling, but anyway, still. I know, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm the same. You should have seen the way I held a hurling uh, before <laughs> hurling training there last week. I got in big trouble with some of the lads. Um, right, Talchin Cup. Yeah, we're into the quarter final stages. Draw was made this morning on Radio One. We got some tasty quarter finals. They give you the results. Down made a couple of changes. They were in a bit of bother against Long for the half time. Uh, Oral Murdoch a well struck penalty. Paddy Collum made a full stretch save, tipped it onto the post. So down were down by three points at half time, but they turned it around and they bet Longford one twenty to one twelve. So Paddy Christie's Longford are out. They had a bit of an uptop turn on their year, but that's done for them now. Beaten in the preliminary quarter final, Leash upset the yeah. odds. They had a massive win in Brewster Park against Fermanagh, one eleven to one nine. So huge shot in the arm for Billy Sheehan's team, and I think the the highlights in the Sunday game showed how spiky a finish it was up in Brewster Park as well. <laughs> I did see it, and. Leash yeah. uh, have been very, very underwhelming this year. Obviously, we've spoken about them before. Billy Sheehan kind of came out and called everyone out, <laughs> which is mm. an interesting approach to take. Usually that kind of rallying cry happens after they've won it. You know, when a team wins the whole thing, it's like, all oh, you guys that said we couldn't do it, I'd be wary of 
Uh, well, Limerick did it. Limerick did. Darren Donovan did it, did it yeah. the weekend too. He said we were dead and buried. I'd be, I'd be wary enough about doing that. And they, like Leash go to Limerick now in the quarterfinal away from home. They, I wouldn't have them favourites to win that one. So look, Billy Sheen, it was a big win for them. I know did not expect yeah. them to go up and be for a man who were promoted to Division Two. It's a massive one. Um, but a big win for Leash, and like I say, shot in the arm. Well, and tr- they needed something. Billy Sheen needed, and those players needed something to yeah. kind of hang their hat on. And they go to Limerick. Look. That's you would say arguably on paper the Fermanagh away is a harder game than maybe Limerick away, but it'll be a big ask them to go to the Gaelic grounds and win there as well. Yeah, but absolutely it was a, it was a big massive result for them for this year. Um, and Limerick, I would say, have quietly yeah. turned their season around under Mark Fitzgerald. So we'll we'll see what happens there next weekend. So the other results: Carlo fifteen points, New York ten. New York in that first half looked like they were going to do something, but they just ran out of gas, ran out of steam. That little bit less. Lack of quality and Carlo have held on and had another really good win. And Wexford, again, another team yeah. upsetting the odds. David Offaly. Offaly have obviously had a you know a very tough year after the passing of Liam Kearns earlier in the year. They turned it their year round and they, they knocked Mead out of the, the Leinster Championship, went up against Loud. You were impressed with them that day in Loud and Leinster. Was, yeah. But the, knocked out by Wexford, who themselves have really quietly under the radar, even in the power rankings, I'll be very <laughs> slow to move them up. Uh, they have uh, produce a, a savage win. Bit of a renaissance, isn't that like? like the, and that's the, yeah. the thing. Good to see. The thing with the Celtic Cup, and we said it last year as well. You're quite conscious. What teams are really going to go all in for it? Um, and and like I said, there's probably more upsets in the Celtic Cup than there is in Sam McGuire <laughs> so far. Yeah. Season like it would have been nice because the season Napoli made rematch again. I would have liked to have seen that one again. But Wexford, full value. Like again, Absolutely. you wouldn't have had them down to, to, to take off. Then they go to Navin next. Mead are one of these teams where you do sense that they've really gone all in on the Talented Cup because it was such a, I suppose, bad finish to them from the end of the National League and the Leinster Championship. So, some interesting matchups for this weekend, and we get into the business end of the Talented Cup as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, there are the four results Wexford 122. Wexford 122 all came from play as well, which is well worth noting. So, that's a that's a, a big stat there. So the draw for this weekend, so there's going to be 14 championship matches between the Hurling and Football Championships this weekend. There's the eight All-Ireland Round Robin Series games, the final Round Robin games. We're going to have a look at them with James after the break. There's the four Tatchin Cup quarterfinals and two preliminary Hurling quarterfinals. So it's a busy weekend the GA calendar. Limerick have been drawn at home to Leash. That's in the Gaelic grounds. Three o'clock, live in GA go. Meads are at home to Wexford and Navin at four o'clock. That's not on TV. Cavan down yeah. in Refney Park. 5.15pm Diego that's two of the you could say behemoths of the Talchin Cup up against each other historically two of the big dogs in Ulster football who have kind of slid down the ranks in recent years and then on Sunday we've got Antrim against Carlo in Corrigan Park Andy McEntee's Antrim at 1 o'clock so good games Paddy they're going to be good games in the Talchin Cup quarterfinals they are I would be laying and we said this last year with Cavan as well you're thinking it's hard to call definitively but I can see the winner coming from that game in Breffney Park uh, between Cavan them. Down, yeah. yeah. Now, down, after beating Donegal, okay, they lose to Armagh. They they haven't reached the heights so far in the Tata Cup since that Donegal victory in Park Essler. That's a big game for them as well, for Connor, for whoever in that development. I, I do, t- I think they're probably, now Mead might have something to say about this, and Andy McAdee with his renaissance, but Antrim might have something to say about it as well. But I think the two best teams left in this competition, from what we've seen here today, are Cavan and Down. So I think that's the, the standout game from the Talton Cup. Cavan, we know, with Mickey Graham, they would have been very, very frustrated. They've said this since losing last year's final at the Talton Cup to, to Westmead. So a home quarter final, that's all they can ask for. 
And like I said, the, I think the winner from that one on Saturday night is in pole position to win this thing. Is in a great position, absolutely. Um, 100%. So that's that one. Antrim Carlo as, on Sunday, you, like, Antrim will obviously be favourites. The home teams are all going to be favourites for this yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, Calvin probably just slight favourites against Down. So look, they're going to be great games. Well, we're keeping an eye on this weekend. We'll be looking at, back at them next weekend. Um, I just want to give a mention as well to the minor quarterfinals that were, most of them are live on the TG Car YouTube at the weekend. Sure. Some fantastic games of football. Under um, football, T, it's, je- it's just more p- kids class. There's just, you can try and implement tactics and stuff and maybe they're just not as spoiled as the senior players. They just go out and play. Even if they're trying to implement tactics, it's yeah. generally a bit more uh, laissez-faire and you've just seen, you, you just see what scores. Goal, we're talking, yeah. We were talking about the goals not going into the senior championship. You definitely see it in, particularly with everyone under 20, but particularly under 17 at minor. Um, and there's some very nice semi finals coming up. Like, Dubs are back, yeah. new underage. Kerry, yes. Kerry looking to get their hands on another minor title as well. And Derry as well. The Renaissance and Derry continues, another minor title as well. So uh, Unbelievable. I know you were tagged the name in Young's goal for Derry. I did see it. Two, two solos from the 21 and rattles it in. Saying if anyone over the age of 18 would not have taken that on. They'd have fisted oh. it over. <laughs> but we don't see enough of that. It was absolutely fantastic to see that. Just, Let the children play. 15 minutes into the game and that just just sent Derry uh, I think that sent Derry nine points clear so that was a massive score and they were well in control of that game so Derry Derry bet Galway well in that game Monaghan had a big win against Mayo 116 to 18 Connor Jones again from Monaghan a cracking goal cutting in and knocking it into the top corner from about 14-15 yards great finish there in the Kerry Kildare game Kerry uh, stronger than Kildare Kildare were unlucky they were they were in the mix in that game for quite a bit but two players worth mentioning I just think they're worth mentioning for the fact that you know in football manager when you're playing it and you get these regents if you're playing football manager I haven't been in a couple of years too time consuming <laughs> it brings back to my leaving sort of days like. <laughs> yeah I think in Paddy Lane without putting pressure on his shoulders there's something about Paul Ganey off him just the way he holds the ball in one arm he takes a step when he hits, shoots on the half bounce I'd like to get James Dunn who's taking this next week but Paddy Lane in full forward was absolutely exceptional and Ben Murphy the full back there's high hopes for this guy it was it was an examiner preview the week beforehand. Keep an eye on this fella. He burst out of defence like Galway Sean Kelly, and boy did he! He scored a goal, a brilliant goal, breaking up the. I love the song. way you put like caveat. I'm not putting pressure on this young flip, but he's like, <laughs> Paul Gainey, like one of Kerry's best forwards yeah. in the last decade. Like so, uh, yeah. I had a well used to it then. Yeah, though. to be fair, to be fair, uh, there'll be some great semi-finals there as well. I suppose Monaghan, the kind of maybe. Surprise package there to come through, and this is quite, is this the next batch of Vinnie Cardi's kids coming through to kind of supplement that squad? You know, we said the senior team's been on the road a long, long time, and they're still kind of looking back, relying on the likes of McManus and McCarran, Darren Hughes, and these fellas. So for Monaghan to get a really good minor team to come through as well, that is very promising for the Farney County. Yeah, Monaghan have um, quietly had a couple of good years again um, at under seventeen and under twenty level. I think they won one in twenty nineteen and eighteen. Um, so they're coming they're coming strong there and uh, as you mentioned Derry as well so Derry looked very strong too so it's a Kerry Monaghan Dublin Derry semi-final and the game of the weekend really was Dublin Cork Um, Cork were six clear seeing this and the dubs came back and the momentum was with them did you see the equalising score the Dublin free Lenny Cahill from Dublin number 15 had scored a fantastic point from play left a point in it then he got a free about 40 yards out and he dropped it short Dublin get a free a couple of minutes later talk about game management he hands it over to his sub Shane Malarkey on the left sideline curls it over from the wrong side with the inside of the boot sensational score 
Yeah, unbelievable. And then the dubs obviously get a late goal and, and close it out. So there was a dramatic, uh, myself and Philly McMahon had a bit of a back and forth about a free that wasn't given to Cork on Twitter. So I don't think we'll relitigate that one, relitigate <laughs> that one. But uh, safe to say some people saw different ways on that one. But um, it was a fantastic comeback from the Dublin Miners. After the break, we're going to have a chat with James. He isn't live from Vegas, unfortunately. So we recorded <laughs> this before the weekend. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's it, Paddy. Like, you know, we'll have a busy week again this we week. Do. Another busy weekend next week. What games do you cover next weekend for Diego? I am in Alma on Saturday night for Donegal and Monaghan. So a head-to-head, like we called it. I think this is going to be a big, big, big game. Uh, Definitely. Donegal, potentially. I've turned a little bit of a corner, but I still think Monaghan will nick that. So we're there on Saturday night in Alma. And then Sunday, double header up in Breffney Park. In Lovely. for the dubs against Schlegel and then Tyrone against Westmead. So busy, busy weekend. We're kicking Good into stuff. gear, and this is the weekend. The championship has got to kick off. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully, don't quote me on that one. Maybe next, the week <laughs> after. The week after. You are listening to episode 24 of the Football Pod with Tommy Rooney and Paddy Andrews. James O'Donoghue is going to join us in a minute. The pod is brought to you every week with thanks to AIB, proud sponsor of the Senior, Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We're going to be back right after this, looking ahead to the final round of fixtures in the All Ireland Round Robin series. Paddy, see you in a moment. See you shortly, man. All right, you are very welcome back to episode 24 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Jamesy, how's Vegas? Savage. <laughs> Keep it down there, lads, will you? Absolutely baking over here. Yeah. Got a hard one out last night, but just coming back around. We're not going to pretend everybody. We took a chance on Thursday. We said we'd record with James before the weekend. <laughs> didn't think we'd get a hold of him. So if we have any Instagram That's stories... Very, we'll there's them. no faith being shown in me there. I'm a bit I disappointed with that. I would have liked to record with you live from Vegas, Jimmy. I feel like I'd have enjoyed that. I think it would have been good as well, yeah. <laughs> we'd have got some serious content. A different kind of content, but serious content. If I can get a hold of you on Monday, I'll tag it on to the end of the pod. <laughs> Paddy, Zoom we're going to have a look at the All-Ireland Round Robin series, um, the final round of fixtures today. We are. Three teams going through in the group. It's been well spoken about throughout the year so far. It was kind of envisaged, you know, at the start. A lot of games to get rid of four teams from the championship. It was done to avoid dead rubbers. Mm. It's kind of just left us with a couple of games on life support going into the final day. Clare, the only team knocked out but there's a couple of teams there when you made the draw with Larry McCarthy that you, you probably could have predicted they weren't going to make it. You could take a bit of responsibility, really, Paddy, for the <laughs> I could. for the draw you made. I left Crow Park that morning after doing the draw and looked through the groups and I would have said Westmead, Sligo, Clare, Clare O'Donnell, and Loud would have been the teams going out. Now, Donegal have obviously got it back together now, to be fair to them, over the last couple of weeks. But we, we teed this up. It was a lot of games to knock out four teams. I understand the GEA didn't want to be in the scenario that they had a couple of years ago at the end of the Super 8, where there was a couple of dead rubber games. This entire month has been a dead rubber across the board. <laughs> it's like every game. Look at the attendances. And look, we're, we're learning about this. We are, the teams are... I think everyone who follows GA has learned about this as we go, but the three teams qualified from each group is not the way forward. 100%. Two teams should go through and two teams from each group should be knocked out. You might have one or two dead rubbers, but you wouldn't have four weeks of essentially dead rubbers to knock out the four teams. And I think you can see it in the attendances. 
there hasn't been massive crowds going to any of these games and we're previewing the last round of games here it's just like there's so little jeopardy in them again like, like we, we can preview this this weekend you kind of have a fair idea how these results are going to go like and then you're getting into the preliminary quarterfinals and then finally finally after the guts of five to six weeks we'll have proper knockout games but I just think the three teams going through everyone kind of teed it up and we said let's see how it goes we might get some belters and you think like what was the, the standout game Mayo going to Clarny and beating Kerry it doesn't really matter <laughs> okay Kerry will come through they're in a preliminary quarter final but, but games like that even though it's a massive result at the time it just there's still a sense oh that, that team will be grand they're going to go through anyway do you know and I, I like the idea of the four groups of four this has been teed up so many years in advance the Champions League style groups but just have two teams go through get rid of the preliminary quarterfinals and go straight to quarters the top two in each group go through that would be my like they were obviously they were envisaging uh, avoiding what we saw in 2019 maybe where both Tyrone and Dublin uh, unleashed second but that, that was one game though every, every yeah. game in this thing has been were you on the bus to home in 2019? I played, yeah. That's how we knew it was a complete second string team because I was playing. So, so it was like, yeah, but that was, still, still there was a big crowd at that game. Look, but there was no real jeopardy in the throne, didn't really care. Connolly came back for that game. Yeah, he might have. I can't remember. I can hardly remember the game because look, there was nothing really riding on it. But that's, that's what nearly 75, 80% of these games that we've seen over the last month are like that. Do you know what I mean? But it's, I mean, the thing, the thing is, say, even if it was all on the line and it was 2 through, there'd still be the risk of the odd dead rubber even in a 2 through. Do you know, like, the first, one team could win their, their first two games, another team could lose their first two, and they're out, and you're already through. So there's still, the like, the fear, of, the fear of a dead rubber, do you know, I, I just... This, the, the GA's fear of having a dead rubber has affected... The groups because the whole thing, Jimmy, hasn't it? Yeah, they, the they've tried thing. to stop dead rubbers, but instead of stopping them, <laughs> they've actually made it a complete dead rubber thing. The entire system oh, is a dead rubber. It is, it is. But the thing that I would <laughs> say games? is, how many games? How many games? T, sorry, just uh, four, six, uh, twenty-four. Twenty-four dead rubbers. Was there nine hundred and ninety-nine games there? <laughs> or something like that you were saying. But with the with the teams playing a lot, I do like that side of it. That we're seeing them a lot, and you see different sides of teams. You see more players. You see how teams players develop under different systems. Like that is good. Like the more games, I, I think the better, and the players will love that. Like more games, more exposure, more media, more hype. Like that is the way forward. More games, no doubt about it. But the only thing is, I feel. We've actually overestimated the quality of teams. Like, there's not 16 teams good enough to be competing at that level. There's probably eight, you know? And, again, it's, it's, it's almost awkward to say it sometimes because you're going to upset people, but, like, there is a stark contrast between the divisions. So, I, I don't know, 16 just, in hindsight, it was too many. And having three through was also too many. Three through, I definitely three through, I definitely agree with. But like the six, like we're talking about a championship format here that's very new, right? And I think we, we're all a lot of people are on the same page that there are teething problems here. Like having sixteen teams, yes, there are a hierarchy of the best eight. We are going to get to that stage eventually. There obviously has to be a warm up period of such. I think it's a good thing for any team who made it into the Super Eights this year, or sorry, the 
not super great. The round robin. Do we just go back to 2018 there? Right? But there haven't yeah. been massive tankings. No, I, I, I like it's 16 teams. On the line. I like 16 teams in it. I don't. I don't. I think it gives. I think it gives teams like Loud, like Cork, a chance to progress, a chance so to go, yeah. aspire to get to that level. I think we need to see a bit of that. You can't just wrap the championship and just have eight teams. Like. No. After a certain, you, why not? What do you want? Do you want the monster? Do you want the monster hurling championship? Is that all you want? Well, but I mean, if we're, going, if we're going, if we're going to be thinking quality, the only way we're getting quality is top eight playing each other. There's no point in in number one playing number fourteen. <laughs> You're just because of that is the rest of the season. <laughs> I, we're going I, to get, we are going to get the top eight. We are going to get the top that. eight eventually. We're just going mm. through the motions to get there. And we're we, like, we also, we're we're trying to big up every game and say, do you know what? That could <laughs> it's hard, like that, it's could, hard. <laughs> that could be a good game. But I guarantee, I know we don't do predictions anymore. Let's do predictions this week because I am going to get every single one of them right. He's they'll think I am actually. He's in betting form because he's going to Vegas. <laughs> the only tight one this weekend is potentially Donegal Monaghan, but even still, I'm leaning towards Monaghan. That one. Go where I'm asked. No, it's not. Go where I'm I could, that, that probably will be tight, but without Rean O'Neill. They don't have Rean O'Neill, yeah. No chance. Yeah, well, at the moment, they don't have Rean O'Neill. Oh, is there some scam they they're some... pulling? Pre-Vegas, we don't have Rean O'Neill. Is there a scam? Yeah, there's an appeal. Ah, okay. There's an appeal. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there is, there is a, there is definitely kicking our mouth, I think. I wouldn't be absolutely certain of that one, definitely not. But with the rest of them. Jimmy, you're in Vegas. You have to go big, like. like. You have to go big, like. Back them all. Oh, yeah, but we, but we have to be real about it as well and say that this is the case. I know you're saying 16 teams is enough. In my opinion, or is, is plenty, or is the right amount. In my opinion, it's too many. I don't know, James. Like, talk, like we have our league system. Division 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We have our league system, right? So we have that already. And it's a good system. Like, the league is a good package. The problem is the elephant in the room, which is what happens between the league and the round robin kicking into place. And that's the impetus on the provincials. Like that's that's what we had here. Like. Are we really going to start talking about this again? It's, 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 I don't. This think is the, arguably the most boring thing in the history of GA to go through this again. Provincial championships. Everyone agrees they're absolute shite. Like. Well, the Ulster don't agree. Okay. James Wigan wants the. the so Ulster scrap the whole thing just so the Ulster championship is kept. I don't think so. I think it, we are on that road. Get rid of the, the crappy cup competitions at start. Play the provincial championships then. Start the season, so everyone's happy. You're taking boat boxes. There's your Ulster Championship in February, and then have the league from March that feeds into the All Ireland series. Does any you can't turn around and tell me everyone cares about the McKenna Cup and the O'Byrne Cup? Hang on, I have three McGrath Cup medals, and uh, I'm absolutely <laughs> they're up on the mantelpiece. No, I, I, I uh, we should do we should do a pod about how we. What we would change a proper one, go, what we fix with what our we on. yeah. Okay, this has been thrown on us, but provincial championships and should they come or go is just like lads. Oh we, should. we should, we just should, we should do that. Part. We did on this last year and the year before, and yeah, the year before that as well. Like, I'd be slightly afraid though of, of James's proposal. Like, is he just going to have four biggest counties in an all Ireland playing each other? I'd be rootless with it. I would be rootless with it. I would, I want to see the top play each other more. You're Florentino Perez, Super League. I would actually have, yeah. Do you remember the old Champions League where you had a group and then when you qualify from that group you went into another group? Yeah, two groups. Yeah, yeah around and then even, then you, even then I think you only United went into the last 99. 16. 
was absolutely yeah. mad. I, I like. What? I think definitely for for next season because they're gonna keep this style of championship for a couple of years. Is it two or three years? Like, I, I I think the third team has to go. Yeah, hundred percent. They, they've tried it, and it just doesn't. None of the games really matter. And, and the biggest thing, you look at the crowds. Look at the crowds at all these games. They don't really care they're, because they're not going. They're not going and watching these games. Yeah, yeah, not uh, like the, I think that's totally fair. One of the other things, and I don't know whether you would place much of a stock on this, but I was having a look through the numbers earlier on. I saw it written somewhere that uh, the weekend on Saturday, David Clifford's goal in the round two qualifier games through a penalty was the only goal in the four round robin games on that Saturday. <laughs> so I had a look through the numbers. Um, in 2022, we had 2.6 goals per championship game, which was the highest since 1989 when it was 2.7 goals that summer. Yeah. So uh, it was replicated in the Talchin Cup, 2.6 goals per championship game last year. And uh, this year in the Talchin Cup, it's similar. We have 2.6 goals per championship game. Right. But in the All-Ireland Championship, we only have 1.9 goals per senior championship game. So there's a reduction of 0.7 goals per game there. A lot of numbers to be thrown at you, but the most important number that might be out of this conversation is that we've already played more games in this year's championship than it took the crown last year's All-Ireland winner. So maybe that's just that little bit of fatigue that we're seeing, the lack of goals, the lack of excitement. I don't know. So teams teams are potentially more defensive. Teams are playing the style. A lot of teams are playing that keep ball style as well. Yeah. We need to see how the rest of the summer pans out, but that that's an interesting one. That like was twenty twenty two was the highest amount of goals in the guts of thirty years, really, in the championship. Mm-hmm. Why was that? Yeah. What I did I wouldn't have, that wasn't a noticeable thing to me that there's way more attacking intent last summer than than other years, really. Um, I think it had been naturally on the rise for the last couple right. of years. It, like the the goals per game definitely hit a a lull in around 04 to 08 um, that's, with the, that's where the rise of blanket yeah. defence. So I wonder, is this year, are we just seeing the blanket just I think teams are, more, bigger and bigger? Do you know what I'd say, Lance, from looking at a lot of games, a lot of these dead rubber games over the last month, teams are so tactical now. All teams. You know, it's not yeah. a case of like Donegal came in in 2012 or Tyrone in 03 and it was like this new thing and it was like, oh my God. And everyone else was just playing normal. Every team has a style of play now, a tactic. They're defensive coaches. We see all the backroom teams across the board. Everyone used to give Dublin a load of lip because we had 20 people. Every team has that now. It's like the game has become so tactical, so nuanced. Uh, bits of that are good, bits of it are bad. Obviously, we've seen over the last couple of weeks in terms of the entertainment of it. But it's teams are so well set defensively and stuff. You know, how many yeah. times do you see one-on-ones really anymore? Like, look, I was, we were in Nolan Park last week doing the Dublin Kildare match. The first half of that game was was great to watch because two teams were just playing and just kick-passing the ball. It was literally a throwback and that's, that shouldn't really be the way but that's the reality. Lots of teams are playing oh, we keep the ball, we bring half-forward lines back. We're going to be really patient. We don't want to have loads of turnovers. It's become so tactical that you're probably not I, I definitely think that has a role in why we're seeing so few goals. Yeah, I, as well, it sometimes comes down to the players. Like, you almost want to have it in your head or in your mind that you want to score a goal. Do you know what I mean? Like, at the moment, I think that the value of scoring a goal is probably diminished a bit. Like, in you hear all the top strikers, not comparing to soccer now, but they'd all say 
the best feeling in the world is, mm. is scoring a goal or like to, to have that feeling of the ball hitting the net and like that that's something that used to get me so hot before a game like that's what I'd be thinking I'd be thinking about getting in sneaking in for a goal even a tap in it would be such a, a buzz but maybe we just don't we're not developing those type of players that are out and out kind of almost you, selfish kind of I want to score a goal <laughs> kind of players and what did you savour what did you savour about scoring a goal in a big championship game celebration savour everything about it everything about it like the the flutter the heart flutter when you're actually when you know you have that chance like that I don't know is it an increased heart rate or is it like a more powerful beat of your heart and you know that you have to calm yourself down to get the finish and then the the crowd kind of goes <gasps> and then you have to you have to pull the trigger in some way that you're not going to be moping around the place for the next 10 minutes you have to try and score it and then the if it does go in you're lucky enough like that that feeling of unbelievable bliss for that short time it's a, it's an unbelievable feeling it is the best Sorry. I think it's the best feeling in, in just, GA scoring a goal for your team so can I just ask you there right Gooch steps back that half a yard and he slips the ball to Donica Walsh Donica slips it around the corner to you do you know the goal is on against Dublin in 2013 did I know the goal was that? Yeah, sure, I was in front but of the goal. Raising enough effort. Like, one on one, like, I would have thought you'd think it was on, like, in the middle of the goal. Like, nah, he's 20. He receives it 20 yards out. One um, on one. Honestly, no, this isn't the light. It was easier to score a goal than the point in that situation. The, the angle that I was running at. Because it was easier to kick it low the way I was running than to actually lean back and tip it over the bar. It was actually easier to take a goal shot, so I just took the goal shot. Clocko didn't even move. No, it was a fast mover, right? I suppose there was no time. That that's what I'm talking about. Like the frantic, the frantic game. The Gooch could just take that step back and from going frantic to in control in that split second and deliver an unbelievable pass to Dunica. Like that's when you see the skill when it's actually frantic. When it's slow, slow, slow. Mm. There's yeah. none there's no none of that brilliant, brilliant play. It's like how the top players like Gooch used to create space when there was no time. That's the genius like. But, but if you look at... Were you obsessed with goals, Paddy? Uh, as a team, we, we were. But just, I'll touch on that game. That was before... That was the start of our team. And, and there was no real tactics in that game. You know, that's why Lugard is one of the best games of football ever played. Like, that 2013 semi-final. And it was all-out attack from us and all-out attack from you guys. And oh. it, it was speed. But, like... I, I was like, that was Jim Gavin's first year in charge, and likening that game and how we approached that to how we would have approached playing Kerry in the 2019 final is completely and utterly different. And that's yeah, the evolution of the game, and that happens because sport just moves on and teams are always trying to do it. But our approach and our mental approach to how we play was completely different, and even in six years. It was like, do not give the ball away, structure, defensive systems. And the reality is, like, yeah, for the purists, that's interesting and it's exciting and we love GAA we play it we understand it but if you're a casual observer in the summer you would without question rather watch the 2013 game than anything later on because it's just like we're, we're pundits or in the media talking about entertainment entertainment is, is the speed of play it's the man-to-man battles the excitement that's in it the risk. Risk. There's jeopardy in, in the play, there's jeopardy in the games. And that's like if we're looking at this championship, it's pretty shit, boys. Like yeah. it's 
uh, it's safe. It's everything safe. The structure of the games are safe, but the structure of the teams is to try and limit risk and limit turnovers as well. So it's just it's a different time. That's ten years ago that game now, and, and I'm not against sport moving on and being better. And always the, the mindset of the players or the coaches is completely different to our mindset, and that's normal. That's always going away there. The soul thing and the Davy Burkhardt's comments a perfect example. Is it's like we don't give a shit what happens outside or anyone thinks we want to win what's the best way for us to win how effective can we be against our opponents and at the minute the reality is that's probably keeping the ball it's frustrating your opponents it's getting bodies back and that's effective and if I was a player if I was still a player I would be all over that I'd be like let's do that because we're going to yeah. win And but on the outside looking in it is diabolical to watch and that's Hopefully this is a phase and it's moved on, it's moved away. But unlike this season in the championship to date has been not great to watch. And I don't expect it really to get much better. We we will play these how much maybe seventy games in the football championship. If you have ninety nine ninety nine games in the championship football championship. If you sorry, between Talch and Cup and all our ninety nine games. If you if you more than ten games in that, would you say that was a brilliant game? I'd be surprised. Like so far to see, we're halfway through. You can say Monaghan Tyrone was really exciting up in Alma in the Ulster Championship. But can I just ask you? And you're right, there is only a few of them. Like, why was it possible to play like that? Because we had seen a blanket yeah. issue before, or not an issue, but we had seen the evolution of the blanket. Or we had seen different tactics before that. Like, had had the game hit a lull in 2010, 2011, 2012? Like, why was it possible to play with such abandoned freedom? Because you boys played with that abandoned freedom again in 2014 yeah. with that semi-final against Donegal and you got stuck. And then we changed everything. So, <laughs> our, our why, why was, and, and do you know what happens? Yeah. This is the, maybe the anomaly of it. Whoever wins, whatever team wins, generally most of the other teams are looking at that going, okay, what can we take from that? And we, we even at 15, we, we weren't over but we were, were definitely more aware of it as players and as a, as a management team the whole group was like we just make sure the back door is shut here um, and then we went on and, and won a lot of games but and teams we felt maybe tried to copy that a bit and maybe last year's champs if you look like Armagh were exciting Kerry were always traditionally kind of exciting they're going to play front foot stuff Galway tried to do that and already you can see they're starting to kind of roll back in about we need to be more solid defensively it was surprising because Donegal won in 12 and it was a very obviously defensive mm. setup. Now they had McFadden and Murphy and these guys who could do the business up front as well. So it wasn't just a total part of the bus job. But that could have triggered a period of total defensive system. Whereas we, and this, this is probably Jim coming in with us, we took the complete opposite approach that was like, we don't like that. We're going to play to beat that style of play and also be successful ourselves. And it was a bit of a, a mindset thing. And that's, Jimmy, we were talking about this last week with Kerry. There's, there's certain things the players will buy into and give you energy. That was massive energy for us. We were like, yeah. we're going to end the blanket defense. That, like, as a player, as a group, as players, we were like, that's exciting. You know, and on, on the plus, we'll hopefully win the All Ireland. So finding that nuance, that was just that particular time. But So you felt like you were saving Gaelic football? That's you're trying to put words in out here. That was never what we said, but we said we'd, tr- we'd be the team. To you put, said it. We'd be the team to end the blanket. You said it. I didn't say we'd save Gaelic football. No, I'm only, I'm only, I'm only but um, but, I, but I that, think that we, but that we completely the, changed by the end of our journey. We had, yeah, just, yeah. Win. just win this thing. 
And I think that 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 actually is a great point there because you wouldn't. I'm not not a fan to say, "Oh, football's gone this way. Let's make another rule change." Do you know? Let's let's change everything to stop this. Like it has to be a team or a manager that comes up with a way mm. to to get around that kind of negative play. And that's that's what is the challenge to teams is to come up with a system to actually beat the the negativity, which is which is the main point of it. But if you think back to that time around 10, 11, 12, the one thing they the change they made rules wise which was a factor was the black card rule that you remember it was cynical there was Blocking there was fellas being stuff. brought down it, yeah. it did it, it actually let fellas get one-on-one with their man a bit more and go around them and it made it made defenders have to defend a bit better rather than fouling because they were going to get a black card but you know Some, what it also like, did jimmy on that senior, right? looking back to that it allowed defenders to attack more as well. Because back then, before the black card, if a defender was going to run up the pitch, a forward, you just blocked them. You body checked yeah. them, you pulled them down. It was Take just to the ground. Basically. And it, there was no real punishment. It was, it was totally, totally cynical. And that body check was out, and he had to let defenders go there. And yeah. that, that was it. You need to run with them. So, from a forward's point of view, it was a pain in the hole because we ended up having to run back all the way back to pitch. But I think it, that was a, a, a tweak of a rule which enhanced the excitement of the game. And I, I think with some of the rule changes, we had it a couple of weeks ago. What's the fresher thing? There's some nonsense rule coming in. Kick, kick up. Uh, but it's like, but yeah. if you're making any sort of rule change, just understand why are we doing this? What is the impact yeah. of this? Don't just... It might stop something really bad for a few months, but does it enhance the excitement of the game? And I'm not sure the people are making those calls to think of it that way. And is it sustainable? Yeah. You know, is it is it implementable at across all levels? levels yeah, know? across all. Levels. You know, there's a, there's a lot. Look at it. it's a very very complicated and nuanced system to come up with rules. Now that that kick out rule, I don't know how that got through, but um, yeah, we, we let's let's put a. But we might have to we might have to come back and say we were wrong because if if all the games that we think are going to be this one sided are this obvious, <laughs> we this have been known to be wrong before, Jimmy. <laughs> I know, but if if they do if they do end up being exciting games and there's shocks and surprises then it would throw it would throw but, 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 what but, we're saying but into, even, into the what, what could be a shock this weekend like that, that would have a material impact like who, who's really in danger maybe not Cork, Cork, if Cork beat Mayo Mayo would still go through or if Lowe would beat Kerry Kerry would be Kerry Kerry could go out if Westmead is that right yeah Galway win if Westmead beat Tyrone we're going to we're going to lose one of our man Tyrone if Westmead win by enough, do you know there's a, there's a, how likely is that? It's a it's a tough one to get any any big shocks this week. It is. But anyway, well, let's beat these games up, going. boys. Let's go. Okay, okay. Let's get what a weekend. Uh, 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 we're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, get me a late flight to Vegas. <laughs> Saturday, six p.m. We've got Derry Clare and Pierce Park, Monaghan, Donegal, and Healy Park to run you through the table. In this group, Monaghan are top at the minute by virtue of the amount of points they've kicked. They are on the same amount of points as Derry on three, Donegal are on two points, Clare are out. So uh, the easiest way to put this is Derry, if Derry beat Clare, um, by more than Monaghan beat Donegal, Derry will finish top. Monaghan, Donegal are in a shootout for second place. That's I it. would say Donegal... We're at a very, 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 very low ebb. 
obviously at the end of the National League and then the performance in Park Essler that they, against Down looked really flat they've got a little bit of a bounce back over the last month or so Patrick McBrady coming back is massive for them obviously what he just gives them a we're talking about X-Factor players last week that that gives you a chance if you have someone like him and O'Shea Gallant to be fair who was always kind of we know he's talent but just yeah. couldn't get going at all with injuries or whatever it might have been so they if this was a month ago I'd said Manor are going to win this game handy That's that for me is a game which is touch and go Dunne, you would not be wouldn't be on the realms of possibility for Donegal to turn around and get a win there I still would favour Monaghan from what we've seen over the last last few weeks I think Vinnie Curry's done an excellent job there it's live on GA Go which is very exciting as well um, but uh, uh, out, of, out of all the games genuinely I think that is probably in terms of the closeness you expect really hard to call and the ch- like I think they're going to be clear clear and clear out that's that's the dead rubber but I, I think that's a tougher one to call than I would have thought back a couple of weeks back Donegal have got a yeah. little bit of life in themselves again we're still a long way from the, the Donegal being down over the last you know seven or eight years where they're one of the they're right at the top table I don't think they're there but they might be able to pull oh, someone out of the bag against Mona it'll be interesting as well what Vinnie Curry does there because Manon have done the kind of defensive option drop McManus um, dropped what's McCarran. McCarran sorry apologies drop, drop McCarran and drop McManus which was a huge call at the time to do the kind of tight um, defensive system and then they went out and put put um, put them back in the team and played an, a beautiful brand of football against Clare so it'd be interesting to see is he tempted I think he is he that. tempted yeah to stick with the attacking that might be where Donegal can, can capitalise because they do have Oshin Gallen playing well and McBurty back. They have some options there in attack as well. So that could be, it could be a bit of yeah. an, a, an attacking shootout if, if both teams go at it that way. It's, just, it's, it's all on the coaches there, what they decide to do. This is what the two coaches could say, listen, we're going to bring bodies back here. We're going for a six-hour. <laughs> yeah, come for like, that's the reality. Like That could happen. And again, again if you're Vinnie Carr or for Edinburgh, you could say, I don't care what this looks like if we yeah. win this game and get through I think that McCarran McCarran needs a good game the weekend because he wants to get back into he wants to get back in the team he wants to make up for for everything about being being left out and being questioned like he's he's got to have the bit between his teeth now to go and, and lead the line there and beat Donegal for his team because there's a big summer there for him if he can it, it, it'd be a big call uh, we were talking about horses for courses obviously it'd be a big call after kicking 8 points for Vinnie Curry to take him out against Donegal. No, he definitely and, won't take him no, out. No, I, I agree. I think he played, but, but Donegal presented a different challenge to what Derry have a very kind of unique style of play and that they're this wave system really like basketball up and back down the pitch. That doesn't suit Jack McCarron. I agreed with that. And Vinnie Curry tweaked it brilliantly in Celtic Park and probably could have won that game. He did. I don't think Donegal would provide that type of challenge. So, and no. the fact that Jack McCarron, if he scored eight points in the championship match, there's horses for courses up to a certain point and you have to say, you have to play, <laughs> um, yeah. no matter what, uh, and I think he's earned that. To be fair, but genuinely, I know we've been kind of bashing a lot of the games, but I think that that is an, an interesting game on Saturday night. Yeah. Okay, let's get your predictions, lads. We're bringing them back. No, no Every way. Player. I'm not doing them. No way. Paddy. No predictions. Them, no. I think football will be the real winner. 
All right, Jimmy Bullard. <laughs> Who's the winner? Football's the winner. Uh, Derry, Derry will be clear. I'll give you that one. Okay. I go Derry, James. and I, I think that Monaghan yeah. have okay. have it tactically to get the win. Yeah, and I heard a yeah from Paddy Anderson. I agree. Paddy there you go. I'll go Derry, Monaghan. Come on. Okay. Moving on to the next group. This is just uh, Jimmy's accumulator, is it? Basically. I want to cut out those dollars when it comes through. If it doesn't come Just, in, I have to get a second job because Vegas <laughs> is going to break. <laughs> You're all tripping for these predictions. <laughs> the, uh, the spread in the Derry Clare game is nine points. Spread in Monaghan, Donegal is two points. Monaghan, slight favourites there. Well, not slight favourites. Um, Sunday, 1.45 p.m., we have got the Rossies, Dublin, Kildare, and Sligo. This group are in action. Dublin Sligo's in Breffney Park, part of a double header, live on Diego. The nation's you have to get a hashtag. Kildare. You need a hashtag for that Diego. The nation's platform. <laughs> hashtag go hashtag the nation's platform. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, is in O'Connor Park as well. So look at this is very very simple. Score difference is more than likely going to decide top spot in this group. Whereas Common currently lead Dublin by plus one, and score difference will decide third place two. Sligo trail Kildare by minus one. So. Um, this is pretty straightforward here. And for context, spread for Dublin Sligo is 12 points. And the spread for Common Kildare is 4 points. 4 points? Common and Dublin, obviously, the favourites. So, Anyone want to make the case for an upset here? James, do you see one happening anywhere? There's, There's not going to be an upset in the, in the Dublin Sligo game because I think Dublin will go for the jugular in this. I know, Khan might have a hamstring injury. I know Kilkenny is still carrying the shoulder. But I still think that they're... They're thinking top spot. They'll want to get the the high scoring to get even if Ross Common win to win by enough to guarantee going through top and score difference. The other game, Ross Common Kildare isn't as obviously straightforward. There's always a kick in Kildare. The only thing is, they're not. They have not been at the races at all. They're not showing any sort of <coughs> of want for it or desire or heart. You know, they're just kind of flipping and flapping and going through the motions a bit. So I think the Ross Common have so much of kind of goodwill built up behind them and so much expectation. And I'm sure that Davy Burke is tapping into the fact that they can go far in this championship. I don't expect them to slip up against Kildare. And they'll need... It would seriously wobble them if they do slip up against Kildare. You know, it could derail them altogether. So they should be putting themselves under the pressure to get that result. So I, I'm expecting a low enough victory for Ross Common in terms of score different. I mean, they might win by three or four points, but I think that Dublin will, think- will wax like that. Paddy, you give him Kildare a chance? No chance. None. Zero. You're buying into the Razzies hype train. No, uh, no, there's a bit of that, but it's also, I've seen Kildare four, four times live this season throughout the course of the year, and I've seen them on TV as well outside of that. I said this last week, the, the anomaly in their whole season was the good performance against Dublin in the last semi final. They've been terrible in every other game. Really, really bad. So, I... Like the Nolan Park game, it was just their approach to that game, the way they set up, why they veered away from what had been reasonably successful, you know, in the commas in the Leinster semi-final. And then just the, there was an acceptance, we're not going to win this game. That's the, the way, I, I, like you said it, Jimmy, kind of flip-flop. There was just like, this game's over, we're not, we're not going to win this, we'll just knock this on the head, like. And why yeah. the twenty minutes ago we just wind down the clock here. Like there was just a, like there's nothing about Kildare 
that I've seen in the last six months that suggests that they can go and put up a fight. And I, I, I don't think, I think Ross Cowan will win more comfortably than that. I, I, I think Dublin, if there's only a point in it and score difference between Dublin and Ross Cowan, I would expect Dublin mm. beats Ligo by more than the Rossi's people there. Um, but but I think I think Ross Cowan will win that game comfortably. I think Davy Burke and Ross Cowan will have, Davy Burke will there, man, as well. There'll be an edge to Ross Cowan for that game. They're going up for top spot, but I, I just think the way the fixers are fixed, I, I, I think Dublin will have, I agree with you, they'll, they'll beat Sligo by more. But I, I think the Dublin are going to be the only team thinking about score difference. I don't think there's any other team that are kind of comfortable enough to think score difference. Yeah. They're just thinking about the results. But I think the Dublin are so sure of that result that they can actually, in the back of their head, think when there's a chance on to put it in the net here, 100% go the, for the key, it. The key thing with it, I, I, don't, I, I don't think they're going to go, go, we're going to win this game. And I think we expect that to be the case. But the key thing, Sligo were quite well organised. Um, they were hard enough to break down for Ross Common for long periods of that game and then just ran out of gas. I, I think the big thing is will probably be around that third quarter and coming down the stretch, the Dublin's depth. Kind of, they have that impact off the bench now. The likes of Pascal are probably going to be starting. These guys, there's now this is all caveat that there's no injuries, which teams will have in in for the weekend. But I think it's that final quarter where the score difference will really come into play, and I think Dublin could do big damage at that point. But but also on the same side, the, the Rossies against Kildare, like, like the Kildare's last quarter in Nolan Park was unbelievably worrying. That there was an acceptance of defeat there, and that's yeah. You know, if they're they're trailing by four or five points coming down that stretch, I think Ross Cabin could do damage as well. So it, it that's the interesting thing here. I don't I think the results are pretty much nailed on. It's gonna be scored if it's that the big thing the GA is hanging their hat on for this championship scored if it's scored. I suppose it can be in its own way. It can be exciting, I suppose, but I'd be shocked if Dublin didn't beat the I'd beat the I, handicap. I agree. Not the handy. I, I think they'll score more. They'll win by more than the Rossi's people are Okay. And Derry Monaghan, you think Derry will be clear by more than Monaghan will beat Donegal? I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to the next group. These games throw in at 2 o'clock on Sunday, 15 minutes after the Dublin Roscommon group. Mayo are top on four points. Kerry and Cork on two, loud on zero. All four teams have a chance of making it true. Mayo are definitely true but they need a result to guarantee first place. If Cork win and Kerry win, so if Cork beat Mayo and Kerry beat Loud, score difference is going to decide top spot. Um, Kerry and Mayo win would see Mayo finish first, Kerry second, Cork third. So if the odds go the way you'd expect them to go, mm. that's the way we'll end up. Loud have a very, very outside chance. They need Mayo to beat Cork and they need to beat Kerry to proceed on score difference. So Kerry Loud is in Amore Park, Cork Mayo is in the Gaelic Grounds, James, can I start with Cork Mayo? Mm-hmm. We saw Mayo, like, injury time aside, Mayo were relatively comfortable in second gear against Loud the last day. They got through it, sure they didn't break down the blanket or the duvet, whatever you want to call it. But up until that late 1-1 by Loud, they were grand. Like, it was going to be a five-point win, 14 mm-hmm. points to nine. Nothing to worry about here. Can Cork learn from some of the good things and the bad things they did against Kerry and cause trouble for me. Absolutely. And I think the Cork have learned from games up to now. Like they learned from Kerry's game against Mayo. I think they learned from their own game against Kerry last year and they improved on those things. 
But how much can you read into Mayo Loud is hard to know. I think that definitely mentally Mayo took the eye off the ball there um, and weren't at 100% championship pace. That said, Loud played well and they could have actually, if they had another five minutes, they could have got another two scores and won the game. But definitely from Cork's approach, I think what they'll do is get bodies back, frustrate Mayo, make them shoot from 40, 35, 40 yards. Don't leave them get into the Aiden Shays and the Ryan Dunn who's in the inside line. And it will frustrate them. They'll keep the score down. The only thing is Cork don't have the firepower at the other end of the field. If Mayo do chip a decent score, I don't know do Cork have it in them against the top defence to score enough. But I 100% think that Cork will get bodies back and go for that blanket defence and break. But they don't have they don't have enough shooters up front. I I can't wait to see if McSweeney and Sherlock start for them, because it did it did work the last day. They got four points from play off them in the second half. Like if you started them, would they get four points from play between? But, but them? Do you know if, you, if you started Jimmy, them going back the way is not that's not their strength. That's probably why they weren't there. That, that they're not going to. I know, but Sherlock's a sharp, and I agree that the style of play against May would be require bodies to get back. I think that's a way to really frustrate them. I, I, I think he'll hold them in reserve again. If, if they, and it's the same. It's kind of like McCarron and McManus argument as well. Like you're kind of Robin Peter to pay Paul. If we want to play this defensive style, and that requires energy and athleticism and, and defensive diligence, but these guys, the players that naturally have that, probably aren't as sharp in front of the post. So there's. Uh, I, I I agree. I think they'll have bodies back, but I don't think they'll start those boys. I think they keep them in reserve. Yeah, they'll definitely yeah. need goals in in that case because they're not going to kick enough points. Some of the point or some of the wides they kicked against Kerry were criminal. Mm. So if and the Cork have big plays, big goals in them, and when they get a bit of momentum and the crowds behind them, they can score those big plays. And I think that they need to focus on that. Get a goal or two at the right time, and they could ruffle Mayo's feathers because it's cut Mayo already through. But I think still, Is no, I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. But I do. Cork were my team to watch. I'm hoping <laughs> all and fingers crossed they get to the quarterfinals, uh, and then I can say punditry passed. Yeah, punditry completely. <laughs> completely, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I did forget you love Cork. Like you have a love hate relationship with him, but uh, it's just because Cork bet him in his under twenty one campaign with Kerry. Yeah, it, he's it scared. Can't let it go. Scared for life. They didn't beat us. They absolutely hammered us. Yeah, That's it. a record defeat at under twenty one level. They actually disbanded the twenty one grade after that. I think the world thing. Yeah, let's go. We moved this twenty. So it definitely has hung over you. What a uh, what about? That's because uh, I remember being on the field and the and the the crowd. You need those rivalries. You can't what just a, have one of them being shite for no reason. What about Jimmy? Your thoughts, um, Kerry Loud? Loud are going to bring everyone back. Park the bus. Frustrate. Loud should learn from what they did against Dublin in the Leinster final. But he tried not to do that, and that didn't work. And their kickout strategy and stuff. I think Loud's set up against Mayo that's the way for them to try and get a result against the top teams and then you're hoping the likes of, of Lennon and obviously Sam and Ryan these guys get out of front but I think they could frustrate that Kerry team I, I, don't, I don't think they'll win I, I think Kerry will have too much but what do you want to see differently from Kerry than what we've seen so far in this group stage because they've been pretty poor on their side yeah definitely Kerry would have worked on attacking against the blanket a lot more than Mayo would have like yeah, we've yeah. we've pretty much agreed that Mayo do not practice 
for playing a blanket. <laughs> I hope they don't. They, refuse, they do. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I think that Kerry will have spent a lot of time on that over the last couple of years and even before that under different managers how to break down yeah. the blanket. And also, you've got kickers. You've got Dermot O'Connor from midfield. You've got Sean Shea. David Clifford can come out to 45 and kick points. They do have long-range shooters that a lot of other teams don't have. And if you were Paul Gainey this weekend, and hopefully he gets a nod on the team again, he'll be thinking, right, I can get on the scoreboard here from maybe outside the range. Mm -hmm. But they have long-range shooters. That's going to be the key. Um, Will there be many goal chances or will they get in around the square? Probably not. It'll be a case of rotate, rotate, try and take a shot, face up the kick out again. I don't see Loud scoring enough against Kerry. They don't have enough. They don't have enough numbers of shooters to trouble Kerry. Then Kerry can focus on Mulroy cut him out and I don't think there's enough scores from everywhere else that's fair like Mayo actually created a couple of goal chances uh, Ryan Dunn who cut in and took a point he fisted it over the bar and James Carr butchered a hand pass well Calaf kind of intercepted sure, yeah. probably wasn't the best hand pass Said no shade. Yeah. are we both calling this Kerry and Mayo uh, Kerry Mayo gonna go with the bookies we're very boring ok uh, the final round of games Sunday 4 o'clock and our round robin series will be over then. Thank God. We have got Galway versus Armagh, which, as we are recording, is in Park Sean McDiarmid. But um, I'm hearing that Armagh put a big push on to get this game moved to Crow Park. Why Crow? And that Galway Galway would have no objection to it. That's a, but uh, I don't, I don't want know to move it to Crow Park. Park. I think it should be moved. I don't know if it needs to be in Crow Park. It needs to be in a bigger stadium. But I don't know if it needs to be in Crow Park. I don't think it should be in Crow Park. But how many would there be at it? They had 40, 40 odd thousand that was at the All Ireland quarter That was different. Last that was knockout. And it was a I massive agree. occasion. Armagh were back in the big time. That was a huge game. This is. I think if there was. You know there was only 10,000 at the Armagh Tyrone game. I could not believe it. 10. There's only 14,000 at Kerry Cork. They don't need a bigger venue. I think pack out the nine and have Ooh. great atmosphere. Baldy, you should direct the general. There. Is it maybe something to do with the field rather than the crowd? I just got a flash forward there to 2043 as president of the GA, Paddy Andrews and his director. I will never be president of the GA. I think it should probably be a little a bigger venue than that. I don't think Crow Park is, that's definitely not the place for that game. But um, maybe like Castle Bar or somewhere. I think, but the fact that like Galway probably won't travel because they're 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 true. That's all of it. Armagh, there's a bit of jeopardy for them that they kind of need to win the game. Maybe, oh, yeah. You might get twenty. Would you get twenty thousand at this game? You probably no. get fifteen. I think I think Armagh fill out nine thousand on their own. I think you get fifteen at this game. Castle I think Armagh. I think the smaller venues are the way forward. At smaller venues are the way Sell forward. There'll be an unbelievable. Yeah, I, I don't think it's in Crow Park. I, th- I think it should be in a bigger venue than Park Sean McDermott, but it shouldn't be in Crow Park. But I, I'd rather have it a bit too small, have great demand for tickets and have a great yeah. buzz around it than, than sell every ticket. Joe oh, Bowley, yeah. there he is. That's our boy. That's the sales it. guy. I'm a sales guy. Demand. Great demand. <laughs> demand and supply. And it should be a ring for the winner. <laughs> Gold watches. I like it. But you know what? That's what they were going for with Dubs Kildare and Nolan Park. I couldn't put 8,000 people. Beautiful, the sunshine. It was like yeah. this um, was the headlight. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. No, but if it even it was small and all apart. No, it just wasn't like. Yeah. It hasn't captured the imagination this year. Let's um, 
Let's get your predictions and let James get to Vegas. Uh, with Rain O'Neill, they're trying to get him off again. We had this last year with Rain O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. Will he get off? The referee spells something wrong. Well, I, I don't know if they're going to use. Oshin McConville obviously made the point that it's another case of players, the big players not being protected. <laughs> so I don't know if they're going to use that defence. <laughs> Come on, man. I, don't, I do not agree with that. Does Oshin McConville now Rain O'Neill? They're same club, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, there may there may be maybe it's uncle. How many's on um, the CCCC? I don't, sorry, say that again. How many are on the CCCC? I just the, the the identity of the members of the CCC have been kept secret since eighteen. It's all cloak and dagger, like I know one. In the shadows, like Opus Day. <laughs> yeah, I, look, we don't know what's going to happen to Ryan O'Neill. Um, he, I tell you what, you don't know the, the appeal system. He's massive for them. For them to, to win this game, he's huge. We, we know he's he's, yeah. he's their best player. Um, Amara have actually started their games relatively well, mm-hmm. and just something just isn't clicking along the way. Mm. Do you know? There's that little bit of a hangover from the Ulster final when they got so much right and came so close. Yeah, they're the one team that could click for me. I think there's something. They're still not at. They're not clipping a full pace yet. I think there could be. There could be a kick in in Arma. If they could get Reno Neal off, then they'll be really gunning for this game. If not, I think they are a bit short yeah. because he offers a lot. Even the long the long range kicking, the composure yeah. on the middle, maybe a little spelling by the square kickouts. He offers a lot but to be missing takes, him. He takes a big loss. Pressure off the other guys as well, doesn't he? Like the likes of we're looking at Turbot and Murnan and these guys who are newer players. We've seen in the Ulster final that kind of maybe that bit of inexperience got to those guys. You know, if Reno Need is playing, it just takes a little bit of spotlight off those guys and allows them to kind of relax a bit. On the ball, like I say, it's free take and all the technical stuff. He's massively important, but there's that element of his just presence alone is so important for Arma. Like, I can see why they're trying to get him off, obviously, because he's their best player. Um, but if he's if he's out at the minute, and we can only go at the minute, I think it's a massive ass for them to, to be called. It just... There's been a flatness about them since that Ulster final. That's mm. reality. They just haven't seen the bounce back. Like they were really poor against Westmead the first day in this group system. Obviously, they send it off and then losing that game to their neighbours, Tyrone as well. It's I'd, I'd be back and going in this game. That's even if okay, yeah. Even, James yeah, to be honest, even with Reno Neal, I still think God we probably have to. Yeah. There's a very good chance that Reno Neal gets off. We've seen plenty of uh, <laughs> previous situations where you know. I think that Galway might um, shuffle the pack a little bit again. Like, it worked for them last week. They you know left off Corm or left off Maher. I think they might do something similar. Maybe leave off one or two and just make sure that everyone is primed for the knockout game. But I think they left those lads off to be to prepare for this game. And make sure they get top spot, and then even another, they have a two week game for the quarter final. I, I think their game to move guys around was the best need. Or it's massive. That two week break so. is huge. Or they could leave off. They haven't given Walsh a break yet. Well, they they could could I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, true. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be interesting, but I think that Armad definitely, their hopes do, do kind of, they need Reno Neal, otherwise it, it could be, it could be um, one sided. Possibly. Okay, Tyrone Westmead. Westmead were leading Galway at half time. They had a man sent off. They pushed Armagh all the way. They were leading until the 67th minute. We haven't seen Tyrone with 15 players on a pitch for a full game or against 15 players for a full game with both sending off in those games happening quite early 
um, themselves losing Burns and Rhian O'Neill going for Armagh when the games were quite close. So we just don't know what we're looking at with Tyrone, in my opinion. But would you give Westmead any chance? I wouldn't personally. Um, okay. I think Tyrone still are chasing chasing their top performance as well. Like they'll still yeah. be putting pressure on each other training to deliver performance. I don't think they'll be taking the eye off the ball at all because they haven't found that top gear. Um, Westmeath, in fairness, they've they've made a good account of themselves. Yeah. But you're talking different. You're talking different levels here, and I expect I expect Tyrone to to win comfortably as well. I think Tyrone get I think Tyrone get a big bounce of beating Armagh as well. That's their, their first okay. kind of. I feel like the first big championship win since nearly winning the All Ireland. Obviously, right off, it felt right big. off last season. Yeah. Um, I, I think can really overcomplicate this, or you just got they're better players than Westmeath. They they they're more balanced in their team. I agree that they're they haven't been they've been very patchy, and there's been circumstances around. Obviously, with the Sanders off, as you mentioned, but beating Armagh and that gives them a momentum to. To go through here, um, I, I I think they'll win this one comfortably. Lads, their, their big players are back. Touch their, tre- their big players are trending back towards top form, which is massive for them. But, but like, they have brilliant players. We've said that that have been brilliant for for a number of years. They got obviously Canavan coming in, who's really cemented this. Nearly like a breakout year for him. We know the quality he has. But if, if all Thrones top players start playing at their peak. They're really, really dangerous for the whole thing. Never mind just this game. And I think they're they're showing signs that they're getting back towards that. I agree. I think Westmead have been have acquitted themselves well, but the reality is they're they're, they're not at the level of, of a Galway or Mar or Toronto. And that's probably come back to beat. Their their big chance was probably winning the athletic rounds on the first day against their man and, and Turbot's goal kind of put the spanner in the works for them. But I think this is a straightforward one for Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, I look at I, I think those games, these games will stand to the likes of Westmead, Sligo, um, Loud in particular. So, lads, if you stick uh, five or down in those predictions, you'll get twenty-one euro back. So, Jamie, you'll be getting anyone rich five thousand dollars? No, it's not. It's not with Danny up. No, no, no. We're not. We're not advocating any betting here on the football pod. So, boys, <laughs> hashtag appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> your time this week. I just don't want to be listening to anyone blaming me if you something happens. So, uh, appreciate your time this week. Uh, well done, lads. It's like a different podcast. Yeah, it's been slightly different. Paddy, myself, and yourself put in a lot of work this week on the football pod. We have. So, we have. Uh, we hopefully James you're enjoying yourself I'm sure I am I'm sure I am (laughs) and you come home in one piece in time for next week's football pod so we'll be back of course next Monday thanks very much for listening in Paddy Andrews James O'Donoghue you'll have very different weeks but I hope they're feeling and enjoyable cheers Tom cheers Paddy